Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, church family. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And thank you for being here today. This is a unique Sunday as it's the last Resurrection Sunday of our our year. And so we look back and thank the Lord for what He's done, but we also pivot and begin looking ahead to to what's to come. And we, if you're just joining us today, and it's so good to see some uh, family here from out of town, but also college students back, and great to uh, see you guys. You may be thinking, where are you? Where have we been in terms of this Christmas season? And we began a journey back at the start of the season we're calling The Way Home. It started with a guy, Jesus tells the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's a guy who was out, found a treasure in a field, buried it, went and sold everything he had. But when he sells all his possessions, he does it in joy. Like he can't wait to just sell it all. How could he do this? says it's because he understands the value of the treasure hidden in the field he sells all so he can buy the field because what's in that field is worth more than anything else that he has and they say okay what is the treasure that Jesus came to give us what's he talking about here and lots of ways to describe it but one way is wrapped up in this promise in John 14 23 where, where he looks to us those who are following him by faith and he says if you love me You will obey my teaching. Now, here he's talking, assuming a love relationship where we come to faith in him, we trust him, and we love him. And when we begin to love him, following him isn't a duty, it's a it's delight, right? It's like I I I the mark of loving him is is obedience to his word because he leads us to life. His word is is for our good. But then he says, and the Father will love you, and we will come and make our home with them. And we've just let this promise kind of soak into our soul and think, okay, what do we all long for in life? It's home. It's the belonging. It's the intimacy. It's the refuge. It's the safe place. And when are we finally home? It's when God makes his home with us. And here he promises, even on this journey to our home with him in heaven, he promises, I will make my home with you. My presence manifests to you in a real way and we will be home together. And when our, Augustine said, our souls are restless till they find their rest in him. And so this is the journey we're going to. Now, the challenge is, how do we live this out? And how do we really receive this gift? And it's through prayer, our conversation with him, where we enter into God's presence. And so this Christmas, we've been taking a prayer path, following a prayer path. Each week, we look to one way that God is uh, he, how he relates to us and invites us to relate to him. And it's a, a picture of him that he gives us in his word that leads to a, a conversation starter or a theme of the conversation. So first one is Savior. And this leads us to confession. As we kneel before him and realize his love for us and what he did for us on the cross, we celebrate our salvation. We also ask, Lord, purify my heart to be like your heart. And then the next king, and this is where we um, enter his throne room and realize he's king of kings, lord of lords, and we honor him, we praise him. The third is, he is our father. And last week, if you were here, that just moment where we 
take our place at the Father's table. And what does he want us to do when we enter his presence? Is say, I'm your, your dad. Just, dad, um, I need this, I need that. And he fills our plate with what we need. Today, we are at the final step. And this is um, kneeling before him as our shepherd. Now, interesting, or where are we today? We stand at the, really the door the doorway of a new year, a new day, new year, new uh, opportunities. And, and in a very real way, it can be a little scary, the uncertainty of, of what's coming in 2020. When I was on my way out here this week to prepare for this message, this is what I saw. As I crested the hill coming down Mackey towards the bridge that goes over the tracks right there, and I was like, no way. I have got to... I've, paused, pulled out my phone, and caught this, froze this moment in time, because it's, it's such a, a good picture of life and where we're at really today. We have visibility for a couple hundred feet, but then what happens really to what we know is coming? It's a fog. We don't know what's coming tomorrow, and, but what do we know? And in this a neat picture, what, what do we know? Even though we can't see what's coming tomorrow, the cross above the fog, the Lord, and it reminds us his love. Every hundred yards we're reminded, Jesus died for me. I have a Savior who loves me. Scars to prove it. And it's good. Not only do we see the cross, we see the, uh, the sunrise that's coming up over the fog, which reminds us of what? Our King, King of the universe. Who, yeah, there's a fog in front of me now, but the King's still in control. Bringing the sun up, he'll bring it down. Right here in the corner, you see the uh, edge of my car, which represents the Father's provisions for every mile of the journey, right? He provides just the gas, just the car, just we need to get down the road. But here's the problem today. What's in that fog, right? And, and what's the fog in your life? If you, as you look into the future, maybe it's the week, maybe it's 2020, where's the fog? Meaning, what is it about the future that, that creates some, some concern for you? As you think about this situation, or maybe it's a, a new opportunity, maybe it's a new relationship, maybe it's a challenge that's ahead of you, maybe it's whatever it is, what is it that gets the butterflies up and flying in your stomach? Now, what do we do about that? And, and the answer, the solution to the fog in our lives is have a chat with the shepherd. And this is where the picture, as you meet with him daily, and so every day we, we get with the Lord, we kneel before him as our Savior, as our King, as our uh, Father, we take our place at the table, we ask for what we need, but when we op this is where we stand up and we open the door of your picture of your house, and you're standing there, and you look out at, okay, here comes a new day, new year, and there's the fog, what do you do? And this is the neat, one of the most exhilarating things parts of the, the, this prayer path, we turn to our right and we see the shepherd who is right there. And the promise of the shepherd is, I will see you through the fog. Our fitting response is, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> this is where we thank the Lord. And so this completes the, the acronym. If those of you who want to fill in the blank, we'll go ahead and put this, this up here. The uh, C-H-A-T. So as you think about this path, and you're out there every day, this is the way to remember it. C, confess, H, honor, A, ask, T, thank. But um, really the big, big idea that we want to remember is who he is as our Savior, our King, our Father, and our Shepherd. So to help us in our prayer time today, 
we're going to go ahead and uh, work through Psalm 23. Now, this is also one of the toughest days of the year in that I'm already feeling this. We have been carb loading all week. And so I know some of you are going to be drifting off to sleep. And so my commitment to you is try to keep you awake. So uh, if I see a majority of us drifting off to sleep, we'll just call a timeout and do a quick workout. Anyone want to lead us in like an aerobic thing? Where's Maddie Dell? Give us a little uh, kickboxing or something. All right, so here we go. Interactive. Go ahead. If you have a Bible, grab Psalm, uh, turn to Psalm 23. If you want to stand up, stand up. But uh, (laughs) Psalm 23, we'll begin reading in verse 1, where uh, David says this. Now, as you turn there, who is David? He's king of Israel. But what was his first job? Anyone shout this out? Shepherd. So he's speaking out of experience. And where did he shepherd? Does anyone remember this? Where did he shepherd? Like, where, where was he out tending sheep? I'll give you a hint. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Pretty cool. Where Jesus, and so there's all kinds of connections there that we don't have time to get into. But so as we read this, now I want to, sometimes we come to Scripture and we can dig really deep into this. Academically and, and scholars unpack this. You can go as deep as you want to go and God's word is, is just full of gems. But reminder, this is really like a, a redneck song. This is country. This is a shepherd. Shepherd's lowest on the social cast. These are not educated people. And he's out in the fields taking care of these smelly sheep. And, and I just picture uh, Wes Johnson. Just, you know, and David's probably young, 15, 16 years old. I'm going to grab a I'm feeling, Should I try singing this? It'll keep us. Nope. But, but we'll just picture Wes. And, and he's, it's, sheep have settled down for the night. And the, it's dark. And he's got his rod right there, his club, ready to attack predators if he needs to. But he picks up his instrument, you know, and he's picking it out. And, and then he gets it. And he just starts singing these words. And singing this song into the night. And he starts this way, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Now when, the, when David says the Lord is my shepherd, in his mind there's an explosion of, of meaning that, that we may not understand, but shepherd, that's not a glorious job at all because the work that a shepherd has to do to, to keep sheep alive and to keep them healthy is incredibly intensive. We, we know sheep are, are defenseless, so you're, you're their protector. They're, they're weak. They, they need help. They're um, prone to make bad decisions. They get themselves into messes, and it's up to the shepherd to get those sheep out of the, the mess. And what a shepherd does can't be done from a distance. It's really neat to think about. You can't shepherd sheep from a, a corporate office and, you know, looking out over them and just loudspeaker and, hey, go this way, go that way. A shepherd has to be with the sheep. The job of a shepherd is to know the sheep and look at the sheep and, and care for the sheep, and he's with the sheep. When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, the Lord has taken it upon himself to expend energy to help me live and thrive and He's invested a lot in this. And, and as we'll read down through this, you'll notice who does all the work in this psalm, in this song? It's the shepherd. 
He's doing everything. What's the sheep doing? Nothing. (laughs) The shepherd's doing all the work. And as you watch the verbs, almost every verb is in what tense? Present tense. David's saying the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. It's not saying the Lord was my shepherd, will be my shepherd. It's he is my shepherd for this moment in time. And, And what a comfort as we move through this. David goes on to just un pack for us what a shepherd does and what the Lord does for us as we, uh, as we follow him. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, verse 1, I lack nothing. The truth here is my needs are met. Because he is my shepherd, I can say with complete confidence, I lack nothing. You know, as we look at, stand here at the doorway of 2020, what a precious promise to be able to claim and just know, I, I don't know what's coming. But what I do know is, because he is my shepherd, I'm going to have all that I need to face each new day that's coming my way. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore my needs are met. Again, as you think about your own life today, where's the fog as you look ahead? Stand at the doorway of, of a new day, new year, new opportunities. Where's the fog? Now, here's where it's so crucial. And when, when the fog is thick, this is especially important. This, this song is just not a good song to remember every once in a while. This is life. The Lord is my shepherd. And here's the promise. Here's the word of God. I lack nothing. Amen? But he goes on. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. The second truth is, my soul is refreshed. Now, does anyone else have a soul that is in need of refreshment or that is easily fatigued or frazzled or upset? And as I was reading this this week, thinking, man, as a human souls are fragile things, aren't they? You can start a day where you're just all good, good to go. And then midway through the day, something happens, and all of a sudden, that soul is just all out of whack. And it's hard to rest. A rested soul is a a tough thing. I discovered this week, or learned this week, that sheep struggle to rest. When he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, this is the shepherd's ministry to a sheep, or leads a sheep by quiet waters, restoring them, and refreshes, refreshes my soul. We are like sheep in that we struggle to rest as well. Four requirements must be met for a sheep to rest. And uh, Philip Keller, who was a, a sheep rancher, and he cared for hundreds of sheep for about a decade, he said four things need to be true for a sheep to lay down and get the rest they need to be healthy. First is fear, fear of predators must be gone. So, you know, and lots of predators for sheep, you know, from wild dogs to coyotes to other parts of the world, you know, cougars or lions, bears for David. We know he, he killed a couple of those. Even vultures are predators for sheep or whatever else they, they would perceive as a predator. So that's the first. The second is they must uh, be free from friction within the community of sheep. I did not realize that sheep are pretty brutal in terms of the power structure within the herd. And it's like that, I guess, for most animals. But it's just, if you're a young sheep and you finally go find some nice pasture or a nice place to go take a nap, here comes an older, power-hungry bully of a ewe will come up and they butt each other with their heads, just like, and 
he was, Philip was saying, I had to spend so much of my time as a shepherd going around and knocking the ewes off the young, uh, these young sheep and letting them rest. And the shepherd creates peace but where there's this constant friction. And then the third thing that a sheep needs is, is to be free from the pests that will often mess with them. So there's a long list of insects that go after sheep. There's one specifically that goes after a sheep's nose that will drive a sheep to actually beat its head against the fence post just to it gets so frazzled, and, but the shepherd puts an ointment on its head that will, uh, and uh, on its nose that will keep these pests away so that it can finally just ah, rest. And then the fourth thing that it needs is to be hunger-free. So a sheep, if it's a little hungry, won't lay down and get the needed rest it needs, but it'll just keep searching for food, keep, keep going nonstop, even to its detriment. Okay, here's where it gets good. How are all Four of those requirements met. What's the only way a sheep has all four of those requirements met? The shepherd. A sheep can't fix any of those problems. The presence of the shepherd is the only way a sheep will rest. Followers of Jesus, followers of the good shepherd, have you been there? (laughs) But what a gift. He's the one who who makes us lie down and and get the rest. His presence, as we understand, he's our protector and he creates peace among our relationships and says, I got your back. And he frees us from those worrying pests that just spin around and get our minds spinning. and, and, uh, And then he's the one who fills our hearts, satisfies our hearts. He He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters. The picture I can't shake all week, though, as I was studying out sheep, is that of a cast sheep. It, this would almost be better if I had somebody come up here and imitate a cast sheep. Is anyone, or is anyone feeling it? You got anybody that's like, hey, I'll, I'll do my part in keeping everybody awake today. If somebody comes up here and does this, we'll never forget it. You could be a cast sheep in our memories forever. Anybody want to try? Act like a sheep up here and cast, be cast? All right, we got to, let's give, let's give this brother a hand. Now, <laughs> come on up. Okay, so um, when a sheep lays down, it'll, uh, it's looking for a nice spot to lay, and thank you for doing this. <laughs> so if you could, just go ahead and take an, uh, act like you're, yeah, I'm your shepherd, brother. I'll get you back up. So here, here he is feeding but now he's finally found a place to lay now often with sheep who have become rather plump or healthy pregnant ones (laughs) I was trying to find the right word but hey what happens is they will their center of gravity will shift and they will move over onto their back now this freaks them out you're a scared sheep and you begin to paw the air and and they will (laughs) they will just keep pawing and a sheep in this position is what? Vulnerable. They can die of internal issues. They can also die. This is easy dinner for a coyote or even buzzards will start to come in. Where Philip uh, Keller said, when, as a shepherd, first thing he looks for when he goes out to care for a sheep is vultures. Because where the vulture is circling, he thinks there's probably a cast sheep. Now, remember in Psalms where he says, why are you downcast, O my soul, within... It happens to us, doesn't it? We become cast. Now, what is the only way a cast sheep or a downcast soul gets back up? It takes a shepherd to go, oh, and then go, 
It's going to be all right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, pretty sure that memory is going to stick with us. <laughs> but you know, the thing that hit me too there, it's cl- it, the shepherd, he's with the sheep. And he's talking to it. And often the, the blood would flow out of the sheep's extremities as it's pawing the air. And when you did set the sheep back up, it can't walk for a while. So the shepherd's just, you know, talking to it, working its uh, circulation back into its legs and then giving it a little, okay, is it good to go? No, nope. holds it a little longer. How many times in your life have you felt like a cast sheep? Just, I don't know what to do. I'm a mess. I'm not equal to the task. I'm Lord, help, 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 help. And the shepherd of our soul comes along and just wraps you up, sets you back on your feet, and says, I got you, and reminds you of who you are, who he is, reminds you he's with you, and then you're good to go. He refreshes my soul. And what is our response to this? As you meet with your shepherd and you celebrate this reality that that, uh, he refreshes my soul, it's thank you, Lord, thank you. Thank you for for providing for me. And then the third truth is he he guides me along the right path for his, along the right paths for his namesake. The, The truth here is my path is the right one. Like sheep, we tend to be directionally impaired, prone to make, take the wrong path. And how many times in our own lives have we stood at a crossroad moment of life with two very clear paths to take and wondered, which way do I go? And God in His grace has provided through His Word, through His, the guiding presence, convicting presence of His Holy Spirit, or, or through a person who comes alongside of you and speaks truth to the right path and guides you step by step to just the path you need to go. And love this picture of that David gives us of he's thinking, you, you guide me along the right paths for your namesake. This coming year, decisions to make, and which way will we go? And what a gift to know that we have a shepherd who is faithful to guide us step by step. The Lord is my shepherd, and because he is, not only is my path straight, or, or am I on the right paths, the fourth truth there is my fear is gone. He says, even though I walk through the valley the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, both uh, translations possible there, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here as we, we uh, the truth is this, my fear is gone. As we look to the future, the the troubling reality is that we will face valleys in this life. Trials are coming. The, the valley represents those dark moments of life when circumstances are not easy and pain is real. But the comfort in it is this, that uh, he promises you need not fear evil for, for he will be with us. And did you notice what happens to the pronoun in this text? Before he is, previous verses, he's been talking he, he, he about the shepherd. It's been talking about the good shepherd, but now, what, how's it shift? In the valley, he begins talking to his shepherd. You will be with me, and your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. The rod, two tools for a shepherd, 
were the rod and the staff. The rod represented that uh, power and authority over the things that would injure the sheep. Evidently, even today, they, they, they're like these little clubs that the kids, young shepherds grow up. They can throw them and hit things, um, you know, hit a, a snake or something that's out there about to mess with the sheep. The staff represents the shepherd's care over the sheep, where they'll often pull a sheep close to them and just to check on them and to watch over them, to guide them if they need guided. I heard some, uh, one shepherd share that if you have a sheep that's a little concerned and uh, anxious, a shepherd will put his staff right like by the sheep's side as they walk along. And it's kind of like holding hand, just to remind, uh, it's his presence, I'm here, I'm with you. And he says, in the darkest valley, you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This week I learned that in the Middle East, when summer arrive, arrives, a good shepherd will not just stay down in the arid flatlands, but will lead their sheep up to the mountain pastures. The problem is, to get there, you have to go through some mountainous terrain, and it's dangerous. And I, I can't help but think David probably had this in mind. Now, this is, remember, it's a good shepherd. You would have to leave your home for months on end. I think about what our Lord did for us as He came for us. But as you go up through this, the, the valleys and the, the treacherous terrain, the shepherd has his rod ready to, to attack whatever might attack the sheep, his staff to guide them along. But here's the spiritual parallel that, that hit me this week. In order to get to the best pasture where the sheep will thrive, they have to go through the valleys. Is that not how the spiritual life is? You think, what's the greatest treasure that we have is our faith, right? And our love that expresses itself through love. How do you grow in faith and love? First Peter 1. It's the trials. It's the, the valley. And as we're in the valley, God meets with us in ways that grows our faith. He, he stokes our, our passion for whatever it is he's called us to do, the good he's called us to do. And we grow in the valley so that we, then we get to the, the pastures and we're, we're healthy and we're stronger than we would have been, but we had to go through the valley. But what do we know in the valley? It's like, well, I wish I didn't have to go through the valley. What do we know about the valley? The shepherd will be with us every step of that journey. And in the trials of life, one thing we claim, whatever trials come in our way this, this year, he will be with you each step of the way. The shepherd shared that the sheep that are most often, often picked, out, picked off by predators are those who get caught out on the fringes of the flock. And it does make you, I know as I look to this new year, just resolve in my heart, Lord, help me stay close to you. You know, um, that's everything, staying close to the shepherd. If you're in a valley this morning, and I know a number of us are, so good to see Mike and Fran and have been through a, a, a valley health-wise. Um, Danny, a number of you are, are in a valley. And may I just offer you a word of comfort from God's word and just claim this from the Lord to, to you this morning, two words in this verse. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, and the word of comfort is through. You might just circle that. The pain that you're feeling right now, the hurt that you're in, it's going to be, be over. And you're going to make it through. 
In the valley, when you're in the valley, you feel like you're stuck and it's dark and it's horrible and you don't see the light. But know this, we are moving through and the good shepherd is going to see you through. And hang on to that promise, even though I walk through the valley and the second word to claim as your own today from the Lord is comfort. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Lord promises His comforting care to us when we're in the valley. And for those of you who have walked with Him for a number of years, you, you could probably, I'm sure, point to three, four, five, six specific times where you can't put into words what He did for you in the manifestation of His loving presence. You can only say, He was with me. And he gave me just what I needed to keep on. His rod and his staff. This word is a pathway into his presence, you guys. And just a reminder, his presence is real. And there are moments, Psalm 1834 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he wraps you up, doesn't he? I was reflecting back on one of those moments in our lives. We were had just newly married, 25-ish, um, left home, left our loved ones to go down to Dallas, and uh, I was in graduate school, and Tam was teaching, and she had the lump on her neck, and ends up, um, the, the day we find out, this is cancer, and my mom had previously passed away from cancer, so your mind runs to the worst case, and, and we'll never forget that afternoon, though, as we walked into our little little apartment, and just fell down on that green couch, um, not talking, but just crying and holding on to each other, you know, and thinking, this could be over. And uh, the Lord wrapped us up. As tight as we were holding each other, He was holding us and ministering His love, peace, um, assuring us, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Whichever way this goes, I'm with you in this moment. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And so what's our response? It's thank you, Lord. Thank you. On to the fifth truth. The Lord is my shepherd. And because of this, they're in verse, verse uh, 5. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The truth here is my victory is certain. This is a neat picture. It's something he shifts metaphor here to a victory celebration that's actually happening before the battle's over. It's the presence of his enemies. So right there on the battlefield, you have the, uh, a table set and a host is preparing a, a meal. The, his cup is overflowing. The, the oil represents... The, uh, what, a, what a host, a good host would provide for, for his dinner guests. Who is our enemy today as we do our life? As you look out to 2020 and what's, what's our biggest threat? And it's the forces of darkness. We live in a cursed world and the presence of temptation the, the, within, the forces of darkness that, that tempt us without and just the world that we live in, we're on the battlefield. But this is where, as we look to 2020, we remember um, our victory is certain. 
And as I stay close to the shepherd, he's going to give me what I need to, to walk with him and to experience victory um, over the powers of, of darkness that would threaten me. And then the last one there, verse 6, he says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The truth here is my future is beautiful. Don't look now that you are being followed. By what? The relentless, it's, in the Hebrew it's the word hesed, which means loyal love of the God of this universe. In 2020, what's going to change? Pretty much everything, right? I mean, we live in an ever-changing world, but what's the constant for this coming year? It's His unfailing love that is going to meet you every step of your journey. What's love do? Pursues the good of the one it loves. God is going to be pursuing your good every step of your journey home. Like a good, like a shepherd. Love the way Jesus came and said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me and they hear my voice and they follow me. And, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And this is our shepherd that we follow this year. You know, an old song that is so good. Don, is Don Johnson, you in here this hour, brother? I don't see him. There he is. Hey, do you know Day by Day, the song Day by Day and with, the, which, with each passing moment? To kind of pick that out as we go. Um, this is one I keep, you know, when you take Sabbath or your, your extended time with the Lord, this is a great song just to print out from a, you can get the lines on the uh, words from Google, I'm sure. But check this out. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet, each, meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for reason or for fear. Here it is. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Isn't that good? But the, it gets even better. It says, every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he fain would bear and cheer me, he whose name is counselor and power. The protection of his children, his child and treasure, it's a charge on which himself he laid. As your days your strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. Isn't that good? And then the last verse, he says, Help me then in every tribulation so to trust your promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered to me in your word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take as from a father's hand, one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. Day by day, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. So what's our response as we meet with our shepherd? It's thank you, thank you, thank you. The Lord is my shepherd. And can we put the, the last one up there? The Lord is my shepherd. Needs are met. Soul refreshed. Right path. Fear gone. Victory certain, future beautiful. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Do you feel the, the gift this is? As we go out 
with our good shepherd into the, the beautiful unknown. And so, interesting though, that last verse, last line of the verse, did you notice what happened? This is where David says something. I'm going to do something. And what, what does he say? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The house of the Lord being the presence of the Lord. Do you see what just happened? I will dwell where? In the presence of the Lord. What's David's passion? What's this one thing? It's like this year, the, the one thing, I'm going to dwell with him. And it brings us full circle to the guy who found the treasure in the field, right? What did Jesus come to give us? He came to give us the opportunity to live in his presence as we do life. I love the story of the little girl who the pastor said, hey, does anyone know Psalm 23 and want to quote it by heart? Be like, you want to come up here and quote Psalm 23? She raised her hand, came up, summoned up all her courage and said, the Lord is my shepherd and he is all I want. Bowed before the congregation and took her seat. <laughs> and you know what? She nailed it. The Lord is my shepherd, and he's all I want. It's interesting what happens as we dwell with our shepherd, as we talk with him and we thank him. By the end of it, we're just like, I, I'm excited about 2020 and what's coming, Lord, but honestly, I just want you. And 2020 is just another like, going to be unique and beautiful and, and isn't it cool like your story is unlike any other story but really it's just new landscape to to know him to walk with him and to enjoy him thank you for the promise as we uh walk with you this this day the lord is my shepherd and so thought it'd be good just to give you an opportunity to thank the lord and as we sing this song just um, take a moment to put this song into your own words maybe walk through this list and just thank the Lord for his ministry to you as, as our good shepherd. Father, we thank you that as Seth, Bob, and Nancy head out into this new season, that uh, they lack nothing. That is, that you are their shepherd, and that you will provide every need. We thank you that you will lead them into the green pastures, the beside quiet waters, provide, provide refreshment for their soul. Lord, I thank you that you will guide them and direct them. I thank you that you will walk with them through the valley, that they need not fear evil. Thank you that you prepare a, t a table before them, that their victory is certain, that they can celebrate the power that you've given them, even in the midst of the darkness that's around them. And I thank you that your goodness and love will go with them every step of their journey. Lord, I pray for Seth as he moves into this season. And Lord, you've used him mightily here in our church family, but we pray now that, that uh, the fruit out of his life as he serves you in this next season would be just incredibly great for your glory. God, I pray that you give him the tools that he needs as an under-shepherd, that you would just... Uh, fill him up over these next couple years with the capacity to, to help people heal. I pray that you'd fill him with your love, with a, an awareness of your power. And Lord, most of all, I pray that you would keep him close, that he would dwell in your presence, 
And even in the midst of entering into other people's pain, that you would give him joy, protect him, and use him for your glory, Lord. And I thank you so much for the season that we got to team as staff here. Thank you that he continues as part of your body here and just pray that that you would be with him in the transition. I pray for Bob and Nancy as they go now to Guatemala, that you would watch over them as they pack and, and leave. Make them a blessing to Rich and Sherry and all the people there, Lord, and meet with them in a special way as they join in the work there. We thank you for the opportunity now to go out to what you've prepared for us, but to go with you as our good shepherd into this beautiful future. We love you, we thank you, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. The Lord bless you. Happy New Year. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.